Tokyo is the largest city and capital of Japan. The area has been inhabited since ancient times, from the small fishing village of Ito to the capital of Takugawa Shogunate. By the 19th century, Ito was the largest city in the world, with a population exceeding 1 million. Until the Meiji Restoration in 1868, Tokyo was given the name it has today and became the imperial capital of Japan. Although not the subject of today's podcast, Tokyo has gone through plenty of disasters, both natural and man-made. In 1923, a massive earthquake shook the region and destroyed most of the city, killing at least 100,000 people. However, within seven years, the city had been mostly rebuilt, only to be devastated again by the U.S. bombings in World War II. Japan is a country of resilience, as it is capital. Even so, the tragedies to come is what no one was prepared for. The major earthquake of magnitude 7.9 hitting Japan, the meteorological, issue, meteorological agency issued a tsunami warning that could be as high as 6 meters along Japan's Pacific coast. People near the coast should evacuate immediately to higher ground. On Friday, March 11, 2011, at 2.46 p.m., a magnitude 8.9 earthquake ruptured 12.2 miles below sea level, 241 miles northeast of Tokyo, Japan. The closest city and the one most affected was Sendai, the largest city in the Tohoku region. The earthquake happened only 81 miles from the city. The quake was the result of thrust faulting between the Pacific and North American places. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, the aftershocks of the earthquake were at a magnitude of 7.2. In Miyagi Prefecture, northeastern Japan, an intensity of 7 maximum was reporting on the Japanese seismic scale. A powerful earthquake with a magnitude of 7.9 struck northern Japan. And that is just before 3 or around quarter to 3 p.m. local time. Its intensity is reported 7 in the uh, Japanese seismic scale. That is the maximum from 0 to 7. And that, that uh, the highest was reported in Miyagi. The earthquake is considered to be the fifth largest in the world since 1900. However, the region has a high rate of seismic activity 
with potential of tsunamis. This included previous disasters in 1611, 1896, and 1933. Mark Avancia, a resident of Sendai, said this about the quake. I've never felt something like this. I thought we were going to die. There was an unusual silence, like the world had stopped, and then the earthquake started, and it was very long. It felt like it went on forever. Residents of Tokyo were also dealing with the effects of the earthquake themselves. Parks began to flood with people in fear of buildings coming down atop them. Fires began to break out, and phone lines were down, meaning communications between families in different parts of the city was nearly impossible. Jido Badina stated later, quote, There is nothing more terrifying than being surrounded by huge buildings that could come down on your head. You could hear them creak and groan. I've been in earthquakes before, but this was absolutely crazy. It was terrifying. The word tsunami means harbor wave in Japanese. Tsunamis are caused by underwater activity, such as earthquakes and volcanic eruptions which led to the displacement of large bodies of water. After the displacement of the water, it begins to spread, much like a rippling effect from a pebble being thrown onto the surface of the water before quickly dissipating. However, unlike the slight waves generated by a small rock in deep water, the tsunami's rippled effect can travel faster than 500 miles per hour and sometimes continues for over 310 miles. On the surface, though, the ripples are hardly noticeable, only changing the ocean waves by about one to two feet. It is when these rippling waves begin to approach the coast that they begin to cause an issue. As the sea bottom rises, the velocity of the waves begins to lessen to the point that while the speed shortens, the height increases. Within minutes, the coastal sea level might rise to over 100 feet. Many coastal towns and cities have ways to prepare themselves for the disasters, Brought on by tsunamis, those with a history of tsunamis might even have preventative measures based on past experiences. However, just as a pebble thrown into a pond creates different ripples, so too do different underwater activity create different waves, waves never experienced before. Looks, and it looks like the tsunami has engulfed several cities. While the original estimate for the tsunami was 6 meters, or around 19 feet, the wave would wind up being much larger than that. As a short while ago, a 90-centimeter tsunami hit the port of Soma, and a 60-centimeter tsunami hit the port of Onohama. Both are on the coast of Fukushima Prefecture. There are reports of minor injuries. The tsunami warning for coastal areas is still in effect. The agency says the wave could reach 3 meters. They have also issued a tsunami advisory for prefectures in northeastern and eastern Japan. Anyone in those areas should listen to local authorities and disaster management officials for information and instructions. The JMA is calling on people in the area where the tsunami warning is issued to leave coastal areas or riversides immediately. The agency is telling them to evacuate to a safer place, such as higher ground or an evacuation building. Here is video of Onohama port in Fukushima, or this is live 
a live view of Onohama Port in Fukushima. Tsunami will hit repeatedly. Do not leave evacuation areas until the warning is cleared. We'll bring you more details as they come in. The Pacific Tsunami Warning Center issued a tsunami warning analect sounded in more than 59 countries and territories. You've just tuned in to NHK World. We're covering uh, the situation here in Japan. According to the uh, Nuclear Power Security Agency, five nuclear power plants in northeastern Japan have been shut down. Now, according to the Transport Ministry, Haneda International Airport has closed all runways. Haneda International Airport in Tokyo has closed all runways. Narita International Airport has also closed both its runways. Within an hour of the quake, a wall of water 30 feet high with a maximum height of 130 feet washed over the Japanese coast. Matt, uh, tell us, tell us about the situation for you when this, uh, this uh, magnitude 8.9 hit. Well, it was absolutely unlike anything I've ever experienced before. I've been living here for eight years now, and this was quite simply the biggest, uh, longest-lasting earthquake I've ever experienced here. And that's it, because uh, Kyung La, our reporter there, was saying that she thought it was four to five minutes. Was that, was that your, your sense as well? Yes, the ground was rolling for an extended period of time. I wasn't exactly sure what to do or where to go. I'd never been prepared for anything like this. My wife and I stood outside and basically held on to the outside of our house. You couldn't even stand up. I mean, literally, at the peak of these uh, waves that were washing over the ground, you literally could not stay on your feet. You had to kind of crouch down in a ball or put your back against something so you didn't fall. And that's exactly what we did for the length of the duration of it, which I would say was about probably a minute to two minutes. It felt like a lot longer than that, let me tell you. And, indeed. And are you saying that you live there or that, you, that you're, you're actually traveling there? Uh, I actually live here. I've lived here for the last eight years, and I live on the west side of the city in a little uh, section of Tokyo called Kichijoji. And, uh, yes, this, there are earthquakes from time to time, but we have never, ever felt anything on the magnitude, the literal magnitude of what we experienced today. And, and, and that's, that's exactly the story we hear. Now, Matt, as we are talking, we are looking at this extraordinary wave, another tsunami wave moving toward uh, the Japanese coast. And where are you located? Are you away from any threat of uh, tsunami coming ashore? Yes, we're very fortunate to be located quite far inland. Of course, there's some rivers and streams around here, but those aren't being affected by the tsunami. We're uh, kind of uh, I, would, I would say a good 10 to 15 miles away from the coastline, so we don't have to really worry about that where we are. But with the footage that we're seeing, the video that we're seeing on the television screens is just, it's absolutely, uh, it's, it's heart-wrenching, actually, because you know that probably a lot of those people did not have a ch chance to evacuate before the uh, wave hit, even though they were telling people, you need to get away, you need to get away from the shorelines, you need to get away from the water. Uh, just watching this wave hit and cars and, and buildings and houses being swept away in it, I think we're going to see a significant number of casualties, especially up in the northern part of the country where the uh, quake was epicenter. Buildings began to collapse. Roads and highways were ruptured and broken. Boats, cars, and trains were swept away. Even more fires began to break out. Once the waves began to recede, only then could aid properly be sent. By 7.39 p.m., casualty reports began to come in. There were reports at that point of at least 32 dead. The death toll would continue to rise in the coming days to over 15,000, with many more never found. And with the distraction, 
more than 450,000 people became homeless. Within the first hours of the initial earthquake, the Japanese Prime Minister at the time began to set up emergency command center. He also mobilized a team of rescue workers and almost 100,000 members of the Japanese Self-Defense Force. The government also requested the aid of U.S. military personnel stationed in the country to be available for help, and one of the U.S. Navy aircraft carriers was dispatched, besides the U.S. countries including Australia, China, India, New Zealand, South Korea, Sent search and rescue teams and relief organizations pledged financial support to Japan in its hour of crisis. Although many were ready and willing to help, the rescue and relief efforts were initially hard to carry out due to the difficulty of getting to the devastation zones. It wasn't just an issue for the groundwork. The weather itself made air operations difficult. Once the disaster zones were reached, however, the relief workers were met with a sea of distraction left in the literal wake of the tsunami. Whole towns and cities had been washed away and covered with mud and debris to the point that they had become unrecognizable. One of the most grueling jobs was recovering bodies, hundreds of which began washing ashore after being swept to sea after the water had receded back. For those displaced after the earthquake and tsunami, there were a limited number of resources, and there were many who were not just dislocated, but stranded and isolated from the relief workers, trying desperately to reach them. In 2021, ten years after the disaster, many shared their memories of loss from the tsunami itself. Yosehito Suzaki, then 60, was a principal of an elementary school just a few weeks away from retirement. After making sure his students were safe, Suzaki went out to find out what he could about his family. He had a wife and two sons. However, only one son, Yuichi, had survived. His other son, Jinya, had withdrawn from society for a decade, and Suzaki's wife had pleaded with him to escape their family home, to go to shelter. However, he refused to leave, and his final moments are unknown. However, Yuichi chafed his mother's final pleading words as the two were separated by water. Makiko Suzaki, as she was being pulled into the black water, begged her remaining son to live. After the earthquake had struck, the school in Ishinomaki put five students onto a bus and strangely sent them toward the coast. The school refused to comment as to why, only saying they had yet to hear the tsunami sirens. Three days later, the charred remains of that bus and its occupants were found. It is most likely that the children and their driver either drowned or suffocated from the lack of air. Those in the area claimed they could hear the children crying out for help hours after the tsunami had receded. Many more, however, live in limbo, as the remains of their family members were never found. Three weeks after the events had unfolded on that March afternoon, the Prime Minister had this to say, quote, I want to once more again offer my heartfelt condolences to the families of those who perished in the earthquake as well as my deepest sympathy for everyone affected by this disaster. To those in local governments, the self-defense force, fire departments, police bureaus, and everyone else risking their lives to assist with the relief effort, you have my sincere respect. I am proud to command such incredible public servants. I would also like to use this opportunity to once again express my gratitude for many offers of support Japan has received from all over the world. The earthquake three weeks ago was truly horrific. However, 
In the time since then, I have seen some truly heartwarming scenes. People in and outside of Japan have come together to help our country overcome this disaster. Our efforts are now gathering momentum. It has been sometimes said in Japan that the bonds between us Japanese are weakening. Since the earthquake, those in local governments, in industry, and NPOs, as well as many individuals across the country, have voluntarily offered their support and cooperation to help us overcome this disaster. I believe that our renewed bonds will reach across the nation and lead us to a wonderful tomorrow. I am confident that we have a bright future ahead of us. The earthquake and tsunami didn't just bring destruction and death upon those in the region. Another threat was beginning to build in the aftermath. Japan had gone through the after-effects of nuclear warfare at the end of World War II. This time, it would be nuclear power that was the threat. The tsunami itself had smashed into the Fukushima nuclear plant, one of 54 nuclear power plants in Japan. The tsunami destroyed the plant's power and cooling system, triggering meltdowns at three reactors. Next episode, we will see the third disaster that hit Japan that fateful weekend in 2011. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.